Awesome stuff. Extraordinary, I would say, wouldn't you? I've been enamored with this word extraordinary recently. Like just things that are extraordinary. Has anybody here ever done anything extraordinary? Anybody here ever had a, just raise your hand if, if you have the courage to. Have you ever had a, scored a hole in one in golf? Anybody here? <laughs> Spencer back there. Oh, really? Wow, a couple of people. Oh, yes, thank you so much. I got so excited. I got Talia standing up. I'm like, she doesn't even play golf. Well, that's not the point. The point is that it's children's church, and children, you're welcome to go ahead and go over to children's church, follow Talia. <laughs> I just went right into it. Thank you so much, Jesse, for, for, for uh, reminding me. Please, children, go on over to children's church, and uh, there's going to be some fun stuff going on. In fact, if I wasn't preaching, I'd probably go there myself, but that's not going to happen. All right, so we've had some, we've had some uh, extraordinary hole-in-ones. That's pretty cool. How about uh, anybody here ever been struck by lightning? You don't want to raise your hand because it just might happen, right? So, okay, okay, I got it. Okay. All right, this is another one. You probably won't raise your hand, but I just, just see if you have the courage. It, it could be pre-Christ. I'm okay with that. Anybody here ever won the lottery? Five dollars? Well, okay. That's not that extraordinary, but okay. Uh, anybody, anybody here caught a fly ball hit into the stands by a professional baseball game? Like you actually caught the ball? Really? No one? Oh, wait a minute. There is somebody where? Oh, nice. Very good. Can you, do you remember what game it was? St. Louis. St. Louis game against? You don't even care. It was, <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Uh, you know, this was, uh, anybody here ever seen a shooting star? Yeah, see, over here, uh, it's the first time I've ever seen one, was here, in the Northwest. So that's pretty cool. Uh, anybody here thought there was just enough evidence that you might, maybe saw an angel, you maybe met an angel? Anybody, that's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, anybody here uh, passed the class? You should have definitely failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's extraordinary, man. Extraordinary stuff. How about like stuff you can do? Anybody here can touch their nose with their tongue? You can? I'm not going to ask you to do it. There's a few of you guys. Like that side, this side too? No, but no, this side apparently. Yes, you can back there? Wow. Unbelievable. You'll have to show me later. Anybody can put, this is really extraordinary to me, because I'm not even close to this, but can anybody put both of their legs behind their head? Like this, but their legs? Somebody's, really, you can do that? Could you do it like right now, you think? No, okay. Wow, I wouldn't do that to you, but wow, that's pretty amazing. Can, can anybody stand on, on their hands? Like, like stand, stand up on their hands? Can you walk, really, can you walk while you're on your hands? Can you do that? Wow. That's pretty amazing. You two back here? What is this, like a, a gymnastics team that I don't know about here? This is awesome. V really? Very cool. Can anybody do, you know, the whole, uh, you know, tap your stomach and rub your head? And then vice versa, tap your head and rub your stomach? And just keep switching? Can you do that? It's the only thing I could do, really. That's about as extraordinary as I get. <laughs> extraordinary. I love that. I love that. Uh, you know what I need? I am going to need the, um, 
the presenter thing. You gonna do it? Thank you. No? All right. Is it on? Do we have it ready? Not yet? Okay, it's just, they're just giving me the, just stall. This is the sign for stall, just stall. Take your time, really. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank you. That's, that's very good. Give me some kind of other sign as soon as you can, if you, if you would. I would really appreciate that. So this whole idea of, of, of being extraordinary, we're ready, see, look at that. How wonderful is that? Being extraordinary really has been something that has really uh, captured me. I, I'm always amazed when people can do crazy, amazing things. And, and here's why. I love this verse uh, in 2 Corinthians. It says, now we have this treasure in jars of clay. Have you ever thought of yourself as a treasure? See, God does. We have this treasure in jars of clay or in clay jars so that, what? This extraordinary power may be from who? From God and not from us. We are finishing today our series on contagious, and we've been talking about being contagious for Jesus Christ, being contagious for the kingdom of God, and that is something that is extraordinary. But please know that anything that we do that is extraordinary is just us in jars of clay, and God is doing this extraordinary thing through us, from us, by us. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We just get this wonderful privilege to be God's tools. How awesome is that? That to me is pretty extraordinary. Now, uh, there's a story in the book of Luke. It's one of my favorite little stories in the book of Luke. Uh, and it's Jesus, and he is preaching. And after he is preaching, he decides that he needs a little time with his new friends which later he calls his disciples. And he decides to do what they do. See, Jesus was great at meeting people right where they were needed, right where they were. So he, uh, the story goes like this. I'll put it up here. It says, after speaking a while, Jesus speaks to Simon. Move out into the deeper water and drop your nets to see what you'll catch. Master, Peter says, we've been fishing all night, and we haven't caught even a minnow. But, all right, I'll do it if you say so. See, how many times have you said, you know, I've done that. It doesn't work. You know how many times I've gone to a, to a group of people and said, look, I want to try this idea. And they're like, oh, Pastor, we've done this before. It doesn't work. So many times I get this, this thing, you know. Uh, we want to do a, a, an adult, young adult class. Nobody will come. Well, they do come. It's amazing. Uh, we want to do this. No, no, nobody will do the. It doesn't work. We've tried that before. Have you done that? We've been fishing all night before. It just doesn't work. But guess what? God is not measured by what we've done before, but what we're ready to do now. Do you believe that? So Peter is like, look, man, we've been doing, look, I'm the master fisherman. Let's be honest, you know. Pastor, you haven't been at this church. We've been here. We're, we're part of this community. You moved from the East Coast. You don't have a clue about this community. It's not going to work. 
But you know what? If you say so, Peter says, Simon says, all right, fine, I'll do it because you say so. Wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of an attitude towards God? Right? You know what? I, I'm not sure this is going to work. I, I don't believe it's going to work. I've tried this before, but I tell you what, because Jesus, you say so, I'm going to do it. So many of us have all kinds of excuses. And I love this. Jesus says, you know, I want you to launch into the deep. Because, you see, back then, those fishermen used to, used to fish in shallow water. That's where the fish were. But now, Jesus is saying, no, I want you to go and try it in the deep part. And they're like, really? The deep part? Nobody fishes in the deep part. But see, Jesus was trying to teach something else besides fishing here. He was saying, look, if you want to do something amazing, something extraordinary for God, you can't, you got to stop this shallow water fishing stuff. You got to start going deep. We need to have deeper relationships, deeper moments, deeper endeavors, risky stuff that if God was not in it, we would fail. You believe that? So Jesus says, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to go deep. So many of us just are okay with allowing somebody else to launch out into the deep, and we just kind of go along with for the ride. How are we doing? There's a story about a doctor in a small French village. He's about to retire, and he had uh, tirelessly worked with these folks day in and day out. And uh, in fact, he did it when they couldn't even pay him, but he would do it because he loved them, and he was there, and he was about to retire. And the village came together with this great idea. They said, you know what? Let's give him a great, great, great gift. And so they put this big barrel in the middle of the town square, and they said, everybody, just grab some red wine from your cellar, because back then in France, everybody had a little red wine in their cellar, right? Go downstairs, get some red wine, and I want you to go. Just one little you know, pitcher of red wine, put it in that barrel, and everybody just go ahead and put that pitcher of red wine in the barrel, and then he'll have a whole barrel full of red wine, and it'll last a long time, and, and he'll be so happy, you know, this French doctor, and sure enough, they, they, they all, you saw people come in and pour this, 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 the pitchers into the, into the barrel all the way full, and that evening, the doctor were just so moved by this, that these people would do this, that they would sacrifice so much, And then he decided to partake a little bit of it. Just try a little bit. To taste a little bit of the love that this community had given him. And when he put out the spigot and came out kind of clear, he thought, I thought it was going to be red, red wine. So he drinks it and he spits it out. He goes, this is not wine. This is water. It must be a mistake. And so he does it again. And sure enough, the whole barrel was filled with water. See, everyone thought, who's going to ever notice that I'm just putting a little water in here? You understand what I'm talking about, right? See, it takes a community for all of us to contribute, to be part of it, to be doing this doesn't it? And we got to stop saying, you know, look, you know, we've been doing it all the time. Yeah, we come up with all kinds of excuses. Or I'm too busy. We get, we get totally overcome by the tyranny of urgent. 
And I don't think God ever meant our lives to be this busy. And I, I really truly believe that the reason why we struggle being contagious for God is because we're too busy and we're too tired and we are depleted of energy, and we are depleted of creativity. And so therefore, we are not, we believe, God, you understand, don't you? I mean, I've been working all day. And some of us, some of us work for the church. So why do I, I don't have time to go and do this. I mean, I do this for the church, right? Jesus continued. says, Simon then gets his fellow fishermen to help him let down their nets, and then, to their surprise, the water is bubbling with thrashing fish, a huge school. The strands of their nets start snapping under the weight of the catch so that the crew shouts out to the other boat to come out and give them a hand. They start scooping fish out of the nets and into their boats, and before long, their boats are so full of fish they almost sink. How extraordinary is that can you imagine being such a church on fire a church so intensely passionate about the gospel and the kingdom of God that people are coming in and we're like having to call churches around us hey we can't we don't have enough room can you please take some of these guys you know can you take some of these guys? and we're calling Kennewick church and, and the Pasco Riverview church and Ephesus church and we're calling the Spanish churches and we're calling the Sunday church we're calling everybody like come on please help us because we can't do this anymore there's so many coming wouldn't that be awesome I mean, I, to me, that would make us happy, Pastor, wouldn't it? That would be it. That would be like, oh, wow, how awesome that would be. How extraordinary that would be. And God is waiting for a church to do that. And then it says, I see, I, see, I think some people are worried about the sinking part. Well, what if we sink? Well, we're not here to float. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> I can teach you how to float, trust me. I can float. God's not asking us to float, man. He's asking us to move forward and do some amazing things. You don't want to sink, just keep moving forward. That's what my aunt taught me when she's teaching me how to swim. Just, just keep going, Serge. Simon's fishing partners, James and John, two of Zebedee's sons, along with the rest of the fishermen, see this incredible extraordinary all of fish. They're all stunned, especially Simon. He comes close to Jesus and kneels in front of, of his knees, and he says, I can't take this, Lord. <laughs> I love this. I can't take this, Lord. I am a sinful man. You shouldn't be around the likes of me. There's some people in this church right now that feel like they're just too sinful for God. Let me tell you two things. You are never too holy for God, and you are never too sinful for God. There is no such two for God. God is all. God is, there's no too much this or too much that. No, there's no such thing. You cannot be. Let me tell you, if you are sitting here at some point, you're thinking, you have no idea, Pastor, what I've been through. First of all, let me say to you, you have no idea what I've been through. And second of all, let me say this to you. I have spoken to a lot of people, and I've seen people that have been through all kinds of stuff and have done some terrible things in their lives, and today they are totally transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that Jesus can transform anybody in any situation, right? Do you really believe that? I believe that with all my heart. There's no doubt in my mind. You may have some children that you feel like there's just no hope for them. There is hope. There is always hope. 
You may have some friends, some brothers, some sisters, some cousins. You say, There's no, there is hope, trust me. There, that's what Jesus is all about. He's about giving hope. He's about what Jada talked about with the pen. You give the pen, you give Jesus, I have eternal life. Without the pen, I don't have it. But all Jesus wants is for you to accept them into his life, into your life. So he says... Uh, says that it went off on me for some reason, just so you know. So when Jesus, uh, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, oh, there it is. Okay, good. Uh, you shouldn't be lying around likes of me. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, Simon. That's what Jesus' answer is. Don't be afraid. From now on, I'll ask you to bring me people instead of fish. Don't you love that? Again, this is Jesus meeting people where they were. Because what were they? They were fishermen. And in fact, a, a very common translation says, I will make you what? Fishers of men. If he was talking to mechanics, he would have said, I will make you repairers of souls. If he was talking to carpenters, he would have said, I will make you builders of lives. If he was talking to musicians, he would have said, I make you composers of hearts. If he was talking to engineers, <clears throat> I will make you designers of character. He was talking to the mathematician. He would say, just keep on counting. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, Jesus loves to meet us where we are. That's what he's all about. That's what makes him extraordinary. Now, I want to tell you this. I, I, I'm saying all this. But for me, I am just so absolutely stunned by this church. And I want to finish with this. I know this is not the case with everybody. I know there's some people here that are still on the shore. They're just waiting. They're just trying to figure out what works for them. And that's okay. We have patience. And God has even more patience, which is so cool about God, right? But most of you have embraced the adventure of kingdom advancement. Most of you want to dream big. Most of you want to do more than we could ever imagine you want to live your life by design. You want to live your life in such a way that is purposeful, that, that, it, is, that it is something that, that is not just, I, I, I love it, it's not just heaven, but it's what can we do here now for God's glory. I love that. And so I want to celebrate that. There's a poem I came across. I want to read you this poem right now. Uh, I love this poem. So I promise you, this is it. So, worship team can come up. You're all sitting there going, that's extraordinary. That's really short. <laughs> I promised you extraordinary. So here we go. I saw Jesus not too long ago at a men's breakfast. He was in our kitchen flipping pancakes with such passion and care. For just a minute, he looked like my friend Charlie but it was Jesus. I could see it in his eyes. I saw Jesus a few weeks ago. He was wearing blue jeans. He was up on the platform. He was playing guitar and leading worship. For just a minute, he looked like Jesse or perhaps Ashley or someone else on his team. 
But as I looked closely, I noticed that it was Jesus. I could tell by his smile. I saw Jesus last month. He was genuinely concerned for a certain member of the church. He was praying to his father, Abba, and for his family. For just that moment, I thought it looked like Pastor Fred. But it was Jesus. I could tell by the expression on his face. I saw Jesus last week decorating our church. I saw him tirelessly adding his artistic touch and love to add warm and beauty and cheer to our church. For a moment it looked like Sharon or maybe Carrie, but it was Jesus, I could tell by his creative ways. I saw Jesus this morning. He was greeting people as they were walking in the church. He was warm and friendly. I could tell that he genuinely cared about what he was doing. And for just a moment, I thought it was my buddy Paul or John or Bob or Mark or Tracy or anybody else on that team. But nope, it was Jesus. I could tell by his loving ways. I saw Jesus working with children, singing and dancing and sharing. I thought for a moment it was Talia, but then I, it looked like it was Janelle, and then again like Barbara, but no, it was Jesus. There was no doubt in my mind. I saw Jesus during the week tirelessly making sure that the sound system was working, tweaking it so that it would glorify God. He was spending endless hours and energy making sure of our young adults would fall in love with God, and for a moment it looked like Doug. But he was too short. It was Jesus. <laughs> I could tell by his patience and commitment. I see Jesus everywhere, smiling and serving, generously reaching out, consistently working behind the scenes to make our church beautiful and alive, being friendly to newcomers, preparing bulletins and fellowship dinners. And for just a moment, I thought it was Keeney or Renee. Oh no, maybe, maybe it was Steve or Jason or maybe Bob. Could it have been Cameron working diligently with making sure that the building is safe? But I was wrong. It was always Jesus. I can tell by the way he serves and loves. I see Jesus everywhere through Brenda and Ron and Karen and Dorothy, through Daryl and Becky, Tom and David, through Chris, Victoria, and Brandon and Brent. And no, I will not name everyone, but countless others. All of you are there every day, every way. So many of you sharing your resources, your time, your energy. I see Jesus in each and every one of you, and that is contagious. Holy Father, the only way we can truly be contagious is if people see you in us. Thank you, Lord, for Jada. Thank you for the feast that we were able to experience today. But we know that not all days are feasts. Help us, O oh Lord, to... Remember these moments and enjoy these moments that they may keep us strong throughout our lives. May we always be contagious for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.